everyone and welcome back to the Busy Blooming podcast. If you are new, first of all, what have you been doing up until this point and why are you not a part of Busy Blooming? And second of all, welcome to the best place on the internet. Not that I'm biased, but welcome. Today, we have the one and only Taylor Woods on the podcast. She is an icon. She's a legend. We talked all about life in your 20s when it comes to fitness, intuitive eating, body image, both of our struggles with both of those things and why just fitness and health and eating and body image is such a struggle as a woman in our 20s. And it was a really fun conversation. Her and I chatted for almost two hours and I need to bring her back for a part two because she is just so much fun to talk about and she gives just so many good tips and like realistic outlooks and all these things, which I really appreciate, which, you know, that's just what busy blooming is all about. It's about getting raw, getting real about being in our 20s. So I won't keep you too long in the intro before the interview, but we have a lot of new listeners. We have a lot of new people in the Facebook group on Instagram. So I thought I would just take a quick, you know, minute or two and say hi and explain what Busy Blooming is in case you are new. So first of all, my name's Tess. Hello, I'm 25. I work and live downtown Toronto. I work in marketing at a beauty brand and then I also work part-time for myself doing YouTube and the podcast and Busy Blooming and all that fun stuff. That's a little bit about me and I started Busy Blooming in November of 2020 and I started it as a Facebook group and an Instagram just for women in their 20s to join and come together and basically post whatever they wanted to get advice. So we have a Facebook group. It's grown to about 1,400 women now. Post something if you're having something weird going on at work, on your personal life, whatever it is we've got you in there it's a very supportive wholesome community I'm, I know I'm biased but trust me like the people in there are the most premium supportive smart kind people so make sure you go join the Facebook group and the Instagram as well every single Tuesday for the most part we have someone from our community take over the Instagram so you can take over if you want we have a form you can fill out to do a takeover Tuesday it's really fun to see different days in the life of you guys a lot of us work nine to five or in grad school so it's fun to just see different jobs and of course the feed is very aesthetic I don't really do it myself our social media manager Alexis I should definitely need to give her the credit for it but our Instagram is a place to be as well and then we also have our blog busyblooming.ca with resume templates email templates if you need to negotiate your salary we have blog posts we have a bunch of stuff on there including our merch which we just launched a few weeks ago and the merch has been taken to a level I didn't even think it would ever go but you guys have been loving the merch more than we ever could have imagined and it has been so fun seeing your pictures of you guys wearing the pink hoodies the black crew necks the can't talk and busy blooming sweaters the embroidered ones like it has just been so much fun and we donate five percent of the proceeds from every single purchase to help girls stay in school and help girls get in school so go check out the merch the blog the Facebook the Instagram the LinkedIn all the stuff about busy blooming and then we have the busy blooming podcast which is what you're listening to right now and every single monday we have a new episode about being a woman in your 20s we have either a different guest on to chat about her experience with being in her 20s job stuff corporate life relationships lifestyle stuff body image just like everything to do with this time in our lives and it's been so much fun usually our social media manager alexis and i hop on in the intro together and catch up about life and our jobs and everything but because we have taylor on this week and the episode was so long i thought i'd just jump in and say hi but alexis will be back next week of course so if you guys enjoy listening to this interview with taylor make sure to join our community become part of the busy blooming community and let's get into the interview with taylor okay so we're here with taylor woods on the podcast welcome hello hello thank you so much busy bloomers (laughs) is that what we call ourselves (laughs) i know we could now (laughs) busy bloomers busy bloomers i know i I was always trying to think of like a good word and i i can't think of one so maybe maybe that's it I used to run this race in the city that I went to college in and Mm -hmm. they do it every year. It's called the Bloomsday Race because it has something to do with like the spring and the flowers and they would call the racers the bloomies. I think that's kind of cute. You could adopt that. You could take that one over. You could just steal it. Yeah, why not? It's not that big of a race. No, yeah, they won't know. No, I won't tell. (laughs) Okay, well, let us know what you guys think because... (laughs) This could be an option. This could be new merch. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. How cute would that be with your aesthetic? Totally. I'd buy. <laughs> Shopbloomies.ca. Oh my God. We'll tag you. <laughs> Yay. Thank you. 
Oh my god. Well, I'm so excited to have you in the podcast. There is just so much to discuss. I was looking through all your content and there's just it was hard to pick like one stream of a topic because you just cover so many things in so many good ways. And so I'm so excited. That's actually very nice to say because sometimes I feel like am I too niche down? Am I not mm-hmm. niche enough? Is there too many things going on with my content? But you know, I feel like there's always like that debate of like whether to be super niche as a content creator or not. But then you think about yourself as a person and you're like, I'm so multifaceted. I don't want to just be one niche girl, but there's definitely pluses and minuses to both as I'm sure, you know, but I'm glad I can have a little bit of something to say on a few areas. (laughs) Well, because you are the niche. So then it's like you pull in. Sure. Like, right. like no one is like you. And so you can exactly. think of that, but then like your content, all like the fitness stuff, which pulls people in. And then you can like, like all your like lifestyle stuff and your advice. And I love right. it. Right. So yeah. You can kind of be more creative. I think with YouTube versus something like TikTok, I think it's more mm-hmm. advantageous to do just one thing, but it's like, I don't want to just do one thing. <laughs> it's so hard because then on TikTok, you see like a funny trend. You're like, I want to do that but then it's not part right. of the brand. Yeah. Right. And then have you ever tried to think about how you can put the trend into your brand? Oh, and every you day. sit there for hours. You're like, how I do just I make did this that funny? This <laughs> I know. I'm like, this isn't funny, but it's on brand. So yes, exactly. <laughs> maybe this is useless. Funny. Maybe it's funny to my brand. Yeah. <laughs> to me. So I'm going to post it. Oh, yeah. No views. Shocking. I'm the funniest person I know. Yeah. <laughs> Oh my God. Okay. Well, we're going to get started. And I feel like most people probably know who you are, but in case no. they don't, <laughs> do you want to just introduce yourself? Tell us who you are, what your days look like so we can just learn about you. Oh my gosh. What my days look like. Okay. Well, <laughs> um, my name is Taylor Woods and I am a primarily a YouTuber. I feel like that would be my main definition. I was the kind of person that neglected TikTok for about two years. So I just started consistently posting like two months ago. I'm not even kidding, which is now embarrassing, of course. But now I also, yes, have TikTok um, and a podcast of my own. It's called Don't Get It Twisted. But I post content about my fitness routine, healthy lifestyle that I aspire to have that is anything but perfect. And I really started my channel when I was feeling very, very lost after graduating school feeling like I was in this nine to five hustle that I hated and I lost all of my identity because everything that I did was associated with my university. Like I was, I worked on campus. I was a student leader on campus. I was in student clubs. My major, obviously everything was university related. Then I graduated and I had nothing. I felt like I left Mm -hmm. my identity at school and I moved to my job and I started working in a field I thought I wanted to be in. I hated it in a new city I didn't like, and I thought I had nothing else to offer. Like I had no more hobbies, nothing else that was Taylor, I guess. So that's where I started to turn to my channel. And at first it was kind of just like vlog content and whatnot and was dabbling around until I started sharing bits and pieces of me, like trying to better myself, especially in my, my fitness journey. And that's when I started sharing like challenges that I would try from, from different fitness creators. And uh, it kind of turned into like this big beast and 2020 kind of took over. I lost my job from the pandemic because I was working in hospitality and um, hospitality just took a big hit like many mm-hmm. industries, but it ended up being a blessing in disguise because I was able to do content creation full time. And that's where I'm at now, which to answer your second question, <laughs> I still don't have a normal day-to-day life. And I truly think since I graduated college, I haven't been able to find something. Like even in my nine to five, I was a student. Like my whole life, I didn't know how to be a worker. I didn't know how to just like go to work and come home. And I never found a good routine and I still haven't been able to find one working for myself. So (laughs) it's like every day is a scramble. And I'm, I'm learning how to find like my best work ethic and I'm still lost in the sauce. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, isn't it crazy how you just are like an adult for like out of nothing. Like you just Nowhere. one day wake up and you're just in a cubicle in an office somehow. Like and you well, have yes. to function and set up Wi-Fi and get groceries. Like, it's just <laughs> crazy. Right. Like, no warning. And all we've been doing our entire life is like listening to instructors, professors, mm-hmm. teachers, whomever. 
And then at 21 years old, you're like, okay, well, this is your new life. And you're sitting at your desk at your computer. And, and I was also working in the basement of my job. So that like set me into a spiral because I need light. And I was working in Seattle and I need sunlight and windows. And I had none of it. And I think it was like this combination of just feeling overwhelmed, feeling lost post-grad and not knowing what to do with myself that just ultimately, I mean, helped me start my channel, but I was feeling so stinking confused. I didn't know what to do. Mm -hmm. I know because you just, there's no rule book. Like there's no, no like, okay, well, if you don't like your job, just do this. Like you generally just have to figure it out. And, and it, right. then the comparison seeps into, cause you see all your other friends doing their best life on Instagram. Like it's of just, course. it's a crazy time. Like, especially yeah. just, just post-grad, like it's, it's bleak. It's rough it's, out there. Right. And I, I went to school for public relations, which wasn't like my intended major, but it was what I ended up graduating with. Mm-hmm. And most of my friends were kind of going like the business route or mm-hmm. the accounting route. And I know you worked for the big four, so you probably understand this too, <laughs> yeah. but the, my accounting friends like, had their lives figured out about sophomore year of college. They were done. Like they were, yeah. they were accounted for, they were recruited, they were doing all of their workshops. Like they knew what they were doing for the next four years after school. And mm-hmm. same thing with a lot of my business friends, they knew their jobs before senior year started. And that's not how it worked in the PR industry. Specifically, mm-hmm. I I actually remember I applied for my job in October of my senior year and I was like interviewing or whatever. And they're like, well, like we want to hire you. Like, when can you start? I'm like, well, I graduate in May. Like sounds so fun. I'm really excited. And they're like, we're hiring now. Why are you applying? This doesn't make any sense (laughs) because that's not what other industries do. But I felt like so behind because I saw all of my friends, all they, they knew exactly what they were doing. And I was lost. And I didn't know when to apply. I didn't feel like that corporate lifestyle was calling my name. It didn't feel like something I wanted to do. Even before I decided like PR, I never saw myself like in that realm. So Mm -hmm. I, I couldn't like see that far into the future to think that's what I wanted to do because I didn't want to do it. But all the people around me were already like going down that path. Mm -hmm. It was so confusing. I I felt the same. I had no visual like I feel like some people just have such a clear visual of like okay this is what my life is gonna look like and I never even really thought of that like I never even thought about having a visual I just like Mm -hmm. I might do like communications and writing like not even thinking like you know what your actual day-to-day would look like and I feel like that is so underrated to think through like in university because that never crossed my mind yeah like I could visualize college like I could see myself Mm -hmm. in college but I could never picture past it. And I think that's was probably like, should have been an alarming sign to begin with that. (laughs) I didn't want to go down that career path Mm -hmm. of like the corporate nine to five, but I didn't know what my other options were because they were never explained to me. And granted, Mm -hmm. like no professor was going to be like, start a TikTok. Like that wasn't (laughs) going to be a thing, but I should have, I don't know, explored other things than uh, otherwise just like settling on what I thought was supposed to be my dream job. Mm-hmm. And don't get me wrong. Like I love my first job and I loved the people I was able to meet, but it was never my dream. And I mm-hmm. wish I would have had like more confidence to explore other options when I was that age. Yeah, absolutely. I feel like it's really, it's interesting. Cause as you know, like you were so active in like school and in college and like you help students, but there was totally. no version of that for your people in your twenties. Like there's right. no like counselor, like, I guess you could go to like career coaching or something, but there's no like really big resource for people out there. And so yeah. that's, what's so scary too. like going, right. that's like a jarring contrast. Yeah. And I think mm-hmm. because you don't have like a direct network, I would say, or, or I guess if you're at your job, sometimes they have those resources, but it just doesn't feel as comfortable as going mm-hmm. to like a school counselor where you're like, oh yeah, of course everybody goes to the counselor, but if you go yeah. to HR, it just feels like different <laughs> I know, you know? Like, why are you doing here like what's wrong yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. or I realized like quickly that HR is always advocating for the company also like they're oh, yeah. always backing you I guess mm-hmm. totally so like they're always going to give you like the political politically correct answer yeah and sometimes I'm like just talk to me like I need somebody <laughs> to talk to 
Uh, yeah, I, I could talk about that. Like, well, I mean, basically that's what busy blooming is. Like the whole like twenties phenomenon is like so interesting to me because everyone's experience is so different. And right, yeah, no, it's crazy. Well, and if we're all experiencing the same thing, I mean, God bless you and your podcast and like your network, but why has there not been like a better like exit program for the entirety of the world? If we're all feeling so overwhelmed at the same time in the same age and everyone's Mm -hmm. like, don't worry, like you're supposed to feel lost in your twenties. I'm like, but I don't want to, (laughs) but I don't, this isn't part of like my journey though. No, no. yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And then of course, like when the pandemic happened, like we had that post grad kind of I guess, quote unquote, fun life taken away. Mm-hmm. If we wanted to like, just go yeah. and be young and explore after school, that didn't really happen. And then now I just feel like, oh, I'm in my mid twenties. Here we are. <laughs> I know. And it that's so true from the pandemic too, because like, I can't even imagine what that would have been like, like just have been graduated. Like that's brutal. Right. I know, mm-hmm. but yeah, we're doing it. You made it through. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Before we jump in, um, a question we ask every guest and like speaking of all this, I would love to hear your answer. So if you could go back to yourself at 18, what is something you would tell your 18 year old self? Okay. I was always the person that needed not like reassurance from other people, but I felt like I had to look to other people for inspiration on what to do with my own life. Mm -hmm. Like if, if I was applying to colleges now, like with the knowledge that I have when I was 18, I wouldn't have been looking to all of the other people around me for like what direction to go. And I always did that. I was so insecure with myself that I, I couldn't make a decision on my own because I thought like I needed somebody else there with me, like a buddy to have, or, Mm -hmm. or somebody else to kind of like reaffirm my decision. So I feel like I just would have maybe instilled like more confidence in myself, or I Mm would have just told myself to take more chances and to stop looking to other people for some sort of like recognition. I feel like that's still hard because I find that I even still do that at 25. It's like you make a decision and then you think about everyone's reaction to when you tell them about your decision. 100%. That's exactly what I mean. Yeah. It's so hard. Yeah. And I, I, I think I totally did that even for like choosing to go to the university that I went to, I would think, oh, what are people going to tell or what are people going to say to me when yeah. I tell them that's where I went? Like, is it a good enough school? Is it, mm-hmm. is it academically acclaimed or accredited mm-hmm. well enough? I, I don't think I was confident enough in just like doing something because I wanted to do it. And I wish I would have had that more resilience because honestly, I probably wouldn't have gone to the school that I went to. Mm-hmm. I would have probably picked a different major, but I mean, who would have known where I'd be right now? So, yeah. I know it's so crazy, but that is we put so much weight on that, what, five minute conversation, but then right. you have to actually do it for years and they don't even right. care. <laughs> so, exactly. I'm going to so remember. Crazy. Yeah. But we, we care, or at least I cared so much about the opinion Same. of others mm-hmm. and I wish I didn't. And it wasn't even like deeply rooted in comparison. It was more like insecurity, I think in myself. Totally. And yeah, I, I mean, gosh, I, I feel like I could just give her a hug. Like I, I want to give my 18 <laughs> year old self a big hug. Yeah. Oh, I love that. That's that's a really good answer. Okay. Well, I would love to chat to you all about like fitness and just your lifestyle and comparison and just so much of your content and break it down because so many topics are just so relatable to the stuff that you show. And what I love so much about your content is it's so real. It's not like, here's my perfect like eating routine and my perfect lifestyle. Like you're just so real and and but also so inspiring as well because you have come so far and like you are truly like someone I look up to is like an ideal Thanks. healthy lifestyle like you're so motivating and so Gosh, um I'm gonna cry. <laughs> <laughs> could you just give us like a quick overview of your experience of like how did you even create this like healthy lifestyle for yourself well that's interesting that you mentioned that because I think like a common narrative that you'll hear a lot of content creators say is that they always had wished that maybe they started their channel sooner. And I had that same mindset with my channel because I always thought I wasn't good enough to start making like fitness content. I'd always wanted to start making fitness content, but I, I didn't think actually I, well, I knew at the time I didn't have like that idealized body type, especially when 
fitness influencers were kind of popping off in like 2016, 2017, they, a lot of them were bodybuilders or like they had 18% body fat. They were absolutely just so tiny and shredded. And I felt like I was not pretty enough or put together enough, or I didn't have this perfect idealized lifestyle. So I couldn't create that kind of content. And that deterred me for a very long time until I kind of decided to look at it from like my own perspective of I'm never going to be like that. And that's not a, a bad thing. And I used to think it was. So I kind of took the approach of like this more authentic, um, realistic side of my lifestyle. And it's going to be very uh, chaotic and strange, but maybe that's kind of what is more real and honest. Mm -hmm. So that's how my journey has always been on my channel. It's never been like this beautiful thing because that's just not the way that my life is and it's never going to be. But like I said, I used to think of that as a bad thing, but now I think of it as a strength. So I, 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 it's like kind of bad. I would say, if you look back at my channel, how my, my videos started, but I'm proud of like the way that they've progressed because when I originally was starting to make videos specifically about my, my fitness journey, it was all very much aesthetic focused because I was mm -hmm. so unhappy with myself. And I took a lot of my insecurities out on my body. I would say in the very beginning, I was doing like a lot of challenges that were very much focused on like quick fixes and um, transformations over like two week period. Like we all remember the Chloe Ting two week challenge oh phase. Oh my God. That that it was like over the internet those words i'm like right? oh my god i yeah that was a rough time i did the the two weeks um, did you i almost did it was so rough <laughs> like i did it for a youtube video to try it and oh, did um, you oh i'll have to go watch yeah it was um it was a struggle but yeah sorry I just i actually never did reaction. that one yeah right you're like tw twitching all over i yeah. never did that challenge which is kind of funny because i felt like i've done like every other one in between but it was mm -hmm. probably so over dominated over dominated i thought yeah no, every, everybody else has got this one uh but yeah that was like a majority of my content and mm -hmm. when a lot of that was kind of on the rise because i started my content or sorry i started my channel two months before 2020 so it was kind of like 2020 happened and then obviously shut down lockdown whatever so when the lockdown happened, I think a lot of people took to places like YouTube and took to creators like Chloe Ting that were offering free content that you could do in your living room with no equipment. And so there was a large rise of these types of challenges because it felt one, like kind of community motivating, like everybody was doing it. We might as well motivate each other. What else are we going to do? We're in lockdown. Like I'm I lost my job. Like, why not try something different? So I think during that time, everybody was trying to do those things. So content like that I was making was very successful. And I think looking back, that's probably a reason why I continue to do it for so long because it felt like that's what people wanted to see. So I'm like, okay, sure. I'll be a guinea pig. Like I'll try these challenges. Why not? And it was also kind of coinciding with my desire to change my body physically and aesthetically, but it probably took me I'll say at least like six or seven months of kind of realizing I was flowing through the motions and I didn't recognize that I was making so much content for the purpose of like filming the video, but not for the purpose of like getting my own physical health in better shape. Right. So I, I loved the challenges, but it was for the purpose of like, I love creating content, not because I want to do the specific challenge for me. So I kind of realized, I don't know what my own workout routine looks like anymore. Like every time I would want to work out in the day, it would be, okay, well, I'm in the middle of filming a 30 day challenge. I only have 30 minutes to do a workout today. It has to be this one video that I'm doing. Like, let's say it's Chloe Ting. I only have 30 minutes. I have to do my video filming and I have to do a workout. So I might as well do them both together. But those aren't the types of workouts that I prefer to do. Like I, I love right. going to the gym. I love lifting weights. I love going to group fitness classes. Granted, I couldn't do most of those things for a lot of lockdown, but I wasn't working out for Taylor anymore. And that started to be like very alarming to me. It took me a while to realize it was very alarming, but I was kind of just I don't know, maybe working out for other people, I would say. And 
it was kind of sad. And I think that's kind of where I started to take a step back from creating content specifically around challenges and more so focused on other aspects that I could, you know, find passion in content and creativity wise. And I think maybe once I made that switch was when I really started to focus on the things that I love to do in my fitness journey again. Like what workouts do I genuinely love? What things like actually make me happy? Like when you only have 30 minutes or one hour in your day to go move your body, the last thing you want to do is something that you're dreading. Like that is the last type of energy that you want to expend because it's that one hour a day that I have for me. I don't want to do it doing anything other than something that makes me really happy. And I was Mm -hmm. realizing I I didn't have that anymore. So, I, I mean, I had a very up and down path my entire life of trying to find a healthy lifestyle balance. However, I really feel like this past few months, I would say like even the past four or five months, I've finally been able to kind of solidify a healthier mindset. And from there, I feel like that's where I've seen true progress in living a lifestyle that wasn't just so focused on 12 week programs and quick two week fixes and turnarounds and seven day abs, all these things that were so um, clickbaity to me and that I believed in. And I sometimes I'm like, oh my gosh, should I take these videos down that I Hmm. started my channel off of, you know, but I, I also appreciate like to see where I've come from and how far I've grown and the place I'm at now, I think is so much healthier. It's good to like, see that contrast, I guess. Yeah, totally. There's so much in there. I want to be. I know I was rambling. I'm sorry. (laughs) No, I I love it. And I think that experience is so common though. And I, I I can see myself in that too, of like, you try these challenges and sometimes our personalities are so like black and white on things. It's like, you are either like the super like fit, healthy version of yourself, like so focused on health and like clean eating and all this stuff. Or it's like the opposite. Like you're sitting on the couch all day in a pandemic eating, not working out, like but like you said, finding a balance and like having a healthy mindset between the two without like right. restrictions and like enjoying your workouts and right. not focusing on the way you look is so hard. And it's so much easier said than done. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, like I mentioned, I've been struggling with body image my entire life. I mean, we're similar in age. We grew up in the time frame of seeing people criticized for having cellulite on covers of magazines mm-hmm. like that was a common thing to see celebrities like picked apart for their bodies at bikinis and our our parents generation were fed these ideas that they need to go on these like horrible diets or you couldn't eat these certain foods and all of this stuff was like very embedded in my childhood my mm-hmm. sister had um, multiple like hospitalized eating disorders that completely affected our family and was obviously left like a very lasting impact on my life slash our entire family's lives, Mm -hmm. of course hers. But it's one of those things that like, it sounds so easy to be like, well, the past four months, like I've just had a better mindset, but (laughs) it's been this like up and down roller coaster my entire life of like canceling out all of this negative information I've been taught is truth for 20 plus years Mm -hmm. to finally realize like, no, I'm going to sit down and I'm going to research things. I'm going to uh, try to get my certification as a personal trainer so I can learn more information myself. And I'm not just regurgitating um, things I see online without any uh, personal research on my behalf done to learn if that's true or not. And actually like not, what's the right word? Like I want to be an ethical content creator that produces content that people feel good about watching and that Mm -hmm. they leave my videos or they leave my content, whatever, feeling better about themselves because this is the one body that we're given. And that's the kind of mentality that we need to be so grateful for. And we're so appreciative that like, this is carrying us through the rest of our entire lives. We might as well appreciate it and love it and be kind to it and not continually like bash on our, our bodies. Mm -hmm. Like I had for so many years. Yeah. And I think not always wanting to change the way we look because I feel like you'll, that is like the constant pattern that I think you and I, and like so many people, it's like, you always want to change the way you look every single day and every, every diet or fitness challenge, like whatever it is. And it's, 
that I think we don't even realize like the impact that has on us of just it's impossible like it's really hard to be like satisfied with the way you look and like love it right and I think I also had to like actually recognize that fitness does not always have to be associated with weight loss and I think for most of my life it always had been like a means to an end or, or I'm working out because I want to look like this or achieve this blah 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 but one you can work out just for the fun of it. You can work out for the endorphins. You can work out for your mental health to help your anxiety. You can work out to help your cardiovascular health, like to have a long life, hopefully, like to see your Mm -hmm. grandkids and play with them in the park when you're 80 years old because you took care of yourself now. Those are reasons to get up and move your body. And it doesn't always have to be associated with feeling like you have to take up less space. Yeah, and going even back to what we were saying about like perceiving what other people will say, because I feel like that in the past for me as well has always been like a motivator. And I feel like for other people as well of like, you want other people to comment on your changes, like in a positive way. So like, if you do like lose weight or you get more fit, like you're right. anticipating this like external validation. Mm-hmm. And I think we don't realize like how much we crave that and like how natural it is like to want those things. And that's okay. But right. then, like you said, like there are so many other great reasons like to move your body and get Totally, healthy. totally. Well, and I've also learned over the years, like how that can be a great thing. And it can be also a sadly very damaging thing because you mm-hmm. never know what you might be complimenting. Like if somebody's struggling yeah. through an eating disorder and you're not aware and you say, oh my gosh, like you look so great and they haven't eaten at all that day. Then mm-hmm. you're almost like giving them that positive affirmation that what they're doing is correct without even recognizing that it's very harmful to their journey. So it's almost like we should stop complimenting people on their bodies, but that's such an ingrained part of Mm -hmm. society and how we just converse with one another. Like everything that like we want to be changed can't be like this overnight flip of a switch as much as like we want it to be because everything is of course like so complex and so layered but it is it is like you're right like that has how that is how we work as human beings like we want to be rewarded Mm -hmm. we want people to see that we've been working on ourselves and compliment us so it feels like okay I finally did it because how often do you I mean you should but how often do you work out if you're trying to reach an aesthetic goal for yourself oftentimes if you're reaching if you're trying to seek aesthetic goals you're hoping for others to validate that Mm -hmm. aesthetic. Absolutely. And I feel like that association between like health and weight is so hard to Mm -hmm. get your mind around. Like I have still, I'm like, okay, because we grew up right in our parents, you'll see someone who's so healthy. And like you said, they're so healthy and slim. And, but like you said, they could be really struggling and and haven't eaten that day and have no nutrients and vitamins and protein and exactly that's what's so tricky about this whole thing too and I love like the health at any size movement and I mean that as well is like something that's just so hard to like wrap your head around like getting healthy and right you know having a lifestyle around health rather than like aesthetics and weight loss like it's so tricky right right and I think that's something I've tried to share a lot more recently in my content, like ways that you can start to try and do that because it is so much easier said than done. Mm -hmm. But something I think that has tremendously helped me is focusing on a lot of goals that have a lot more to do with the strength that my body Mm -hmm. has or the things that my body can do. And as a result of that, I feel so empowered by how I feel like during that workout session, rather than the way I look like finishing uh, an exercise or something. And also like, there's nothing wrong with seeking aesthetic goals if you're in that healthy mindset, but Mm -hmm. it's, it's very rewarding to reach something from a strength perspective, because I felt like when I was constantly just trying to like shrink myself, I was never satisfied and nothing ever felt good enough. Like I would even look back at pictures now and I'm like, oh my gosh, I look amazing. But in that time I thought, I still need to lose X amount of weight or I still needed Mm -hmm. to build more muscle or blah, 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 change this or the other thing. So, I mean, we're so hard on ourselves every single day. Like the least we can do is try to be kind to our body. 
Yeah, absolutely. I love a lot of your content, like how it is about strength and getting strong and how empowering that is. Like what things do you do? I know you've mentioned a few in your videos, but could you give us some tips on like actual like things you do every day? Like whether it's like running down, you know, weight or whatever it is like to kind of make that switch. Yeah, totally. So like I mentioned, some things that you can try and focus on are actual like strength goals. So let's say you're somebody that likes to weightlift. I know not everybody does, but let's just say that you do. Um, <laughs> your goal could be focusing on trying to maybe deadlift 150 pounds. Maybe that's something that you really want to strive towards. So every time you go into the gym, you're thinking, okay, last time I did 120, this time I'm going to do 125. And you're, you're setting your mindset around the exercise itself without recognizing how strong you're becoming in the in-between period. Mm -hmm. Um, I also love like body weight exercises, like pull-ups and push-ups. I did a, a, a challenge. This is just kind of for fun, but I did a challenge where I did 50 push-ups every single day for 30 days. And that was oh my God. torturous. <laughs> it, was pretty hard. it was a lot. And mm -hmm. like nowadays when I do those types of challenges, it's kind of like for the fun of it, or it's to inspire me to, to try and incorporate more push-ups or, or whatever it is on an everyday basis. That was freaking hard. Um, but at the end of it, I, I think I could only do like, I don't know, six consecutively at the beginning of the challenge. And by the end of the 30 days, I could do like 26 push-ups in a row, something like that. So sure. I couldn't do 50, like in one set, but I had gained so much strength. And every single day I wasn't like, wow, I can't wait for my arms to look this way. I was like, wow, mm -hmm. I did 10 yesterday and today I did 11 and that's amazing. And even I would progress from doing pushups on my knees to then doing pushups on my toes. So it's like a, a way of encouraging yourself to like seek out those rewards in exercise. Mm -hmm. um, if you don't like lifting weights or, or doing any type of that sort of movement, uh, another great one would be like running, for example, if you're tracking your mileage, you're um, trying to distance yourself like, okay, I'm going to run to that light pole this time because last time I only ran to the stop sign. Like there's just like little small things I think that you can try to do that personally have helped me a whole bunch. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Running is one of those things that is so rewarding and it's it's like one of the worst things to start. It's <laughs> horrible. It's like it's so hard to start. That's such it's a good so point. hard, but yes. it's one of the most like rewarding things because that progression is so clear. Like Truly yeah. every time, like, or yes. if not most times then, like it is one of those things that's like every single time you get a little bit better. Yeah. And that's something you can physically feel too. Like you mm -hmm. get your runners higher, you get your endorphins or you feel so proud of yourself because you started the month only running one mile and here you are like running three, whatever. It feels so empowering. And I think that's also what gets you to want to continue on and, and to keep going. And that's when you kind of also start to think this isn't a temporary goal. This is me wanting to run because of the way it makes me feel. And this is something I want to do for Taylor every single day for my life. Not every single day, but you get my point. That's <laughs> yeah. too much. <laughs> I think I always felt this way. And I think a lot of people do too, that it's daunting, like to think about weightlifting and running and starting and to you, what does it mean like to have a healthy lifestyle rather than having like a journey of fitness? Like how do you kind of differentiate the two? I will commonly use the phrase fitness journey because it's very well understood and there's nothing mm -hmm. wrong with saying, oh, I'm on my fitness journey. But I think having the understanding that it's not meant to be something that has an endpoint is very important because my my entire like teenage life, most of my twenties, I was doing 12 week programs or I was doing two week challenges, whatever that felt like, okay, by the end of these 14 days, I'm going to be a different person or by next year, I'm going to be a different person. Well, then what happens next year and one day or in two years down the line, if you're constantly thinking only in these short-term moments, I think it can feel very you can be very hard on yourself if you get to that point and 
you're not where maybe you had wanted yourself to be, if that's the way that you're setting your goals. So kind of just making that mental distinction, even if you still refer to something as your fitness journey, but understanding that this is your entire life and you can't, you can't mess up your life. You can't mess up your, your fitness journey in that sense is very, very important in developing a healthier relationship between you and your mindset, your mentality, your mental health and your body. I love what you said. And I think it's so hard sometimes because we have this like, I don't know if it's like a trend, but like being intuitive. It's like people are always saying, listen to your body and be intuitive. But then working out and being motivated, like sometimes you just don't want to. And I find that that is so hard. So for you, like what, how do you even define that balance? Like between pushing yourself and like going and knowing it's hard and then listening to your body and like relaxing when you need to, like, how do you navigate that? I mean, not to like continually, continually repeat myself, but I feel like that's also an extension of understanding that, that, that is why it's a lifestyle Mm -hmm. because you cannot be so hard on yourself. Like when you're just living your life. And I think I was constantly trying to like squeeze in five or six workouts a week for so long. And that's just really unrealistic, especially as like a busy working woman or Mm -hmm. really anybody. I mean, I don't even have kids and I feel like it's a hard (laughs) thing for me to find like three or four workouts a week, but not putting that much pressure on yourself and just working out like when you want to is very important. I feel like it is a hard thing to distinguish between like discipline and laziness. And maybe Mm -hmm. that's kind of like the key distinction because motivation is fleeting. It's very hard to rely on motivation because it's truly not ever going to be there. Or if it is, it's, it's very short. So sometimes I think, okay, am I lazy right now? Because I, I'm just like not feeling it. And I, I don't want to go then maybe if like, I don't really have any valid excuses, I'll still get myself to go to the gym, but maybe I didn't get enough sleep last night, or I have a lot of work to do. I have had a really bad day, or maybe I'm on my period, which honestly, like your menstrual cycle is so huge Mm -hmm. in your mood, your, your sleep, your water intake, bloating, everything. So if there's like more factors that I think are a little bit more excusable, that's when I kind of evaluate, like, I'm not just being lazy. I really should just give my body more rest. And also understanding like, who cares if I miss like one session, let's say I wanted to go hang out with friends, but I was supposed to do a workout that time. I'd much rather make those memories than go have one singular gym session that honestly does not matter in the long run. Mm -hmm. Like it's like those little things, you know? Totally. And I love what you said about like, maybe you have a bunch of work or something. And I think you can also think like, will you regret it after? Because sometimes Mm -hmm. genuinely you might, like if you are like really stressed, I know like if you have a bunch of stuff to do, like you actually might've regretted that hour. Like you could have been working, but probably you won't like most of the time. Right. Right. It's yeah. That's like that tricky thing of like, you won't ever regret your workout. But at the same time, like, what if you really needed that one hour or Mm -hmm. honestly two hours? Like you really think about working out, you got to get ready. You got to work out. You got to drive there. Maybe you got to shower. You got to cook yourself food. It's been like two and a half hours. Maybe you needed that time to cook dinner for your family or be with your family that you never get to see because they work different hours than you or go have a drink with your friends or I don't know, hang out with your kids. Like those are things that uh, you can't always give up. And Mm -hmm. to like take those two hours or whatever to go work out, like is a big privilege. And sometimes like you, you can't give up that time, but then also you will get those endorphins. You will feel better. So it's kind of like a, it's a balance of being honest with yourself. I think. Yeah. I think that could apply to so many things. Like even with eating as well, like how you said, how will you feel after? Because sometimes if you have a piece of cake, you will feel so much better. Like you need it. And so (laughs) I think it just depends. And in terms of diet and and eating, are there certain like things that you follow or like anything you've done that's kind of helped you in that sense as well? Um, I've definitely learned that no food is bad food. I've Mm -hmm. learned that you cannot put morality on food. Like food is food is food. It's not good. Mm -hmm. It's not bad. It is food. Um, I think sometimes there are fun foods and there are fuel foods. I saw that on TikTok once and I thought that was really clever. <laughs> yeah. Like fun that. foods and fuel foods. And you 
you want to give your body all of the fuel that it needs. And sometimes you want to give your body the fun that it needs. So sometimes I just eat with my heart and that's okay too. But I think I like from a progress perspective, I don't eat that much meat and I have always had a trouble. I've always had trouble getting in my protein intake. And I think increasing my protein has actually really helped me a whole bunch, especially in recovery because I choose to lift, uh, lift weights. I know that might not be like a universal thing, but I was maybe only eating like 60 grams of protein a day when I should have been eating like a hundred, 120, like I was getting mm-hmm. half of the amount of macronutrients that my body needed. So increasing that amount of protein was actually really, really helpful for me as somebody who doesn't eat that much meat or I, it just, I don't, I don't like to cook meat. That's mainly my big thing. I don't like to cook it. <laughs> yeah. So therefore I don't eat it, but, um, that's been super helpful for me. And as far as just like eating on a daily basis, I, I try my best to just kind of like eat intuitively. Um, I eat the foods that I love, but I also like not make myself, but I encourage myself to eat vegetables. I'm really bad about making myself still have like leafy greens or, uh, things that maybe I wouldn't normally pick out, but even if you're just like wanting to eat some carrots or cucumbers or something, um, just because you haven't gotten any vegetables in for the day, I think that's helpful sometimes too. But I also just made myself monkey bread and, um, a fun petty cake yesterday. And that was great. And that was delicious. And like, that's, that's another thing. Like you can't always wait for celebratory moments to do things like that. Mm-hmm. I think once I stopped waiting for times to eat my fun foods was when I really found like more food freedom because I wasn't relying on, um, opportunities to eat because that can often lead to binging. Like when you're restricting yourself so much, but if you allow yourself to eat anything all of the time, um, oftentimes you crave it less. Yeah. And that's going back to what you were saying too, about having a sustainable lifestyle. It's like with working out too. It's like, if you, restrict, restrict for 30 days. I'm going to cut out bread, cut out sweets, cut out alcohol. Okay. On day 31, (laughs) you're going to have a good day. (laughs) Like, right. Right. Yeah. And then what, then Mm -hmm. like, you're never going to eat bread ever again in your life. You're never going to have alcohol ever again. I mean, unless you're you're abstinent, like that's, Mm -hmm. it's not a realistic way to live. So if you can learn, and I, like, I say this very cautiously because obviously everybody's journey is different. But if you can understand how every food has actually my, one of my best friends, she's a dietitian and she taught me, I was like, how do you go to a restaurant and just pick whatever you want on the menu? Because mm-hmm. I would think, oh, she's a dietitian. Like she's only going to order like the most healthy thing on the menu. And she's like, well, actually I look at this hamburger and I see the bread has um, energy from the carbohydrates. I see the meat, which has um, protein to fuel my body and my muscles. And I see the vegetables, which have vitamins and minerals for me. And it was like such a beautiful way of looking at it. Mm -hmm. And I seriously think after having that conversation with her, it really helped me kind of just, I don't know, feel a little bit more mindful that every single thing you eat has nutritional value. Mm -hmm. And it's so important to just like be kind to yourself. And I've always been the kind of person that just like loves celebrating life with food. I'm never going to like not want to sit down with friends and like go to dinner and and drink and have appetizers and desserts. Like that's always going to be me. So why continually quote unquote punish myself for having ice cream, which is my favorite freaking thing in the world, you know? (laughs) Yeah, totally. And like, you can do both. Like you can be like, have a healthy lifestyle and be active and work out and eat all the things that you want to have, like one does not like eliminate the other. And I think that's exactly for me was, it was such a hard mindset to get around too, because you think, no, 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 like people who are healthy, don't eat this stuff and don't drink and a glass of wine or like, you you know, but it's yeah. not true. And I feel like that's becoming more common nowadays, which is great. Yeah, I know that's, I, I was thinking that the other day, like it's so much easier to believe all of this now as there's so much more media surrounding like this is how you live a healthier lifestyle but like for most of my life that wasn't what the media said ever it was always the complete opposite or it was Mm -hmm. always try this new diet or take this out it's not going to help you it's going to make you fat as if fat is a bad thing or as if fat isn't a macronutrient for your body (laughs) like a a vital a vital macronutrient yeah and I I think it's so much easier to believe when there's so much more conversation around it, but 
it wasn't always that way. And I think that's also like important to remember, like we've come so far. Totally. I think so too. And I think like, of course, social media like has so many negative effects on us, but I think, like you said, there are so many great accounts and even on TikTok, like so many like recipes and like just fun, like totally see food that I never would have like thought of on my own. And that sort of stuff never used to exist. Like yeah. fun pasta ideas and like, yes. I don't know, just like all these ideas that it makes food like fun. <laughs> yeah. I yeah. also, I mean, I'm not one to like bash people with my account. Like I don't truly like to like send out negative content. However, I do follow like a lot of dietitians. I love dietitians because they go to school for so long and they're so well knowledgeable. And I just, I just find them so reputable and respected. So I follow a lot of dietitians on, on TikTok and they'll oftentimes do at videos that are just like filled with myths and Mm -hmm. I eat it up. Like, I think it is so fascinating and I wish I could be like, this is so great. (laughs) I don't like to engage in like that kind of drama, but it's like, the I love this one girl. Her name is Elena. Um, I can send you her for her information, but she always will be like, okay, like what's wrong with eating this? Like, I literally don't understand because there'll be some like person that says, oh, don't, don't buy this. Like it's bad for you. And she's like, no, it's not stop. Like why? Or they just like, they, yeah. they, they get all of that fluff and they take it out and they say it's BS. And I, I live for it. Yeah. I love it. I know I follow, I forget what her name is, but a similar woman on Insta or on TikTok and I, I love it and yeah. I think going to see a dietitian is truly like one of the biggest things that helped me with all this because did you really like, oh yeah like I <sighs> I cannot recommend it like enough and say it enough to people like go see a dietitian like I feel like same yeah. with you because it, it is like it just shifts your mindset because it, it's not like okay how can I you know lose weight and whatever because all they talk about is like let's take your blood and see your vitamin levels and how much right. protein are you getting and how many greens. Right. Like it's all about like fuel your yes. body. It's nothing really to do with how you look at all. Like right. that's not the point. And so not at all. it's, I cannot recommend enough. A, a dietitians are where it's at. Yep. And a dietitian will most likely never tell you to eliminate something from your diet unless mm-hmm. you are allergic to it or like you're having a bad right. reaction because that's not the way that they are taught to believe about food or that's not what the science says like they've gone to yeah. school for so many years mm-hmm. we should trust them <laughs> totally I think so too okay so shifting gears a little bit I would love to chat to you about your experience with mental health and your tips on this because I know you did a recent podcast kind of chatting touching on your anxiety and how it kind of relates to all this so could you kind of go into detail of how you feel like your mental health impacts your fitness and your lifestyle I mean, it is so intertwined. Mm -hmm. I think that's like my favorite thing that I've learned as a content creator in this space, especially coming in as somebody who like really didn't know much at all from a research perspective, but seeing how intertwined like your mind and your body are, and also like every element of your life affects everything else. Like it's such a domino. Mm -hmm. Like if you get um, bad sleep one night, it might affect your digestion. And then it might affect your regularity. Like when you're going to the bathroom, it might affect your, your period. It might affect your mood. Like literally everything trickles down. And that's why it's so important. I think to look at your fitness lifestyle as like this holistic, um, from a holistic lens, because when you're thinking about every single element, it makes so much sense, or you can track things and you can say, okay, well, why do I feel anxious? Maybe it was because of this, or maybe I need to work on that. So, I mean, I've had anxiety all of my life, but I think it's been particularly bad, especially in this apartment that I'm in is kind of like a bunker and Mm -hmm. I really don't love it. I, I mentioned to you that I really need windows and sunlight, as I say, like literally next to my happy lamp right now. And I live in like one of the dreariest states in the United States. It's, it was a really hard transition for me to move from sunny Southern California to uh, the Pacific Northwest. So I had like a lot of, I had a lot of anxiety as a kid and as a teenager, but I think especially post-grad, it was very amplified because I was also very lonely in my new city. And then I would take to things like exercise to release a lot of my anxiety, but 
also when you're feeling anxious, that can be the last thing that you want to do. So it's like this double-edged sword of Mm -hmm. working out will make you feel better, but I can't get myself to get up and work out. So it's so much like easier said than done, but I, I think it's really helpful to share your experience with anxiety because we're kind of learning so many people deal with a lot of the same symptoms and, and disorders. And the more that you kind of normalize it, the more helpful it is to get help. So I, I try and like stick away as much as possible from things like, um, TikTok and and Netflix and, and whatnot, because that's very high dopamine. And Mm -hmm. as much as it's, it's so fun. Like I, I love TikTok. Like, don't get me wrong. I'm Mm -hmm. speaking like I'm on a high horse, but I'm on the app all the time, (laughs) but it's, it's bad for you in a sense that every time you, you refresh your page, you get another dopamine hit and it's addictive quite literally, Mm -hmm. but our minds and our bodies and our anxiety, not in like a, not, not to overgeneralize this, but it can be helped and healed through the low dopamine activities in our life. Like doing something that actually stimulates like your fingers and getting outside and like literally grounding, like when you put your feet on the grass or on the dirt and like you feel Mm -hmm. the earth, like that literally can be healing sunshine, hanging out with friends, like face to face, all of those things are so helpful. But when you're in a pandemic and you're in a bunker and you're in all of these environments that aren't the most helpful, it can feel over like compounded. That's mm-hmm. the word I want to use. It can feel compounded all at once. And it feels like there's no way out, you know? Totally. Yeah. And I love what you said about like talking about it more and like just opening up because it, I as well, like have had anxiety my whole life. I'm just a very like anxious person. And I think, yeah, it, you give it power though, when you don't talk about it, because it, mm. it's like holds this power over you of like, oh, I just, I feel anxious. Like it's this thing. Like I just can't talk about it, but as soon as you start right. opening up about it and like, it just normalizes it in a way that is so hard to explain, but it just becomes less of a big deal for some reason, because you are taking the power away. You're taking control yeah. of the situation. Like you can talk about it. Like it's so, it's so much easier said than done. But I think, like you said, when it comes to working out and stuff too, like it, it's so hard because it's the last thing you want to do. But even, even saying that helps. Like, you know what I right. mean? Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's also like the less you talk about it, the less you are likely to go seek help, like professional totally. help or to get medication if, if you want it. And I think the less I acknowledged it, like the more it just grew inside of me too. Yeah. It was overwhelming. I think that's the case with so many of our thoughts too. It's like we, I I don't know if you're like this, but I am such an overthinker. Like I will overanalyze Mm. a situation until it's in pieces like in my brain. And then as soon as you start talking about it with somebody, you're like, am I actually okay? Because it's not (laughs) that serious. Like, yeah. I saw something of course on TikTok that was like, Mm -hmm. my therapist taught me if I have these overwhelming ideas in my head, to say them out loud or to scream them at like myself. And it would yeah. be like, I'm going to get in a car and die and fall off a cliff. And you're like, <laughs> okay, well, how realistic is this? Right. And it kind of helps you like recognize, all right, maybe I'm just in my head. Maybe I can just kind of calm myself down for this moment. I thought that was so funny. Oh my God. It's so funny. It, it's so true though. And like, even with something like working out, it's like, oh, wait, like I can't work out because of this, and like, then this will happen. Like you just overthink it. And it's like, it's okay. Like, you know, right. and I think vocalizing things like is so helpful. And right. I love that you said that. I also have realized that sometimes with things like working out or really like any activity, we, I I have ADHD. So this is might just be like an ADHD thing, but the, the starting the task is always the hardest part for me. But mm-hmm. once you get it started, sometimes it can be a lot less overwhelming than it feels like it when it's in your mind. So like, let's say if I, if I didn't want to go work out or something, but I told myself, all I'm going to go do is just like walk around the block. I'm just going to do like a quick lap around my block. If I do that one small activity, a lot of times it can help me jumpstart an actual workout or to do like a little Mm -hmm. bit more. Or if I just can't clean my room, like I'm so overwhelmed by the activity, but I say, I'm just going to, I'm just going to like fold these few shirts over here. If I start that and I do like that one small task, 
it helps alleviate the burden of the rest of it. And sometimes it can kind of get you into that mood of actually starting something that can feel such like such an overwhelming burden in that moment. So Mm -hmm. if you feel like you cannot get yourself to work out, just say like, I'm just going to go walk on the treadmill for five, 10 minutes. And then a lot of times you're like, okay, well, I'm already here. I'm in a good mood now. I got some sweat on and I might as well go, go over to the Stairmaster, whatever. Yeah, totally. And and I think sometimes, and I, I used to do this and I still do it all the time. It's like you overthink working out. Like it's just movement. It's like, how can you move your body today? It doesn't have to be, how am I going to like get this crazy, like workout in and like burn all these calories? Like, right. you know, it's like, how are you going to move your body today? Like right. sometimes that looks different. Like sometimes it's going for a walk and listening to a podcast and that's it. Literally. Like, and that's like amazing. This one, that's- the busy bloomers. Yeah. The bloomies on their podcast. <laughs> the bloomies right now. podcast. <laughs> there they are. <laughs> but it, like, even like walking, I, I saw your TikTok about walking and like, it's just the best. It's so underrated. <laughs> it literally is. And I, I also have realized because I hate my apartment so much, like I let it swarm me. I, mm-hmm. I I have one window. That's why I hate my apartment so much. Okay, There's yeah. one window in the not whole building. It is not a lot. No. Yeah. So it it affects my whole mood. And if I don't get outside, I like forget that there's other humans. Like I I feel like the sun is down and I'm moody and I'm depressed and all the things. And then the minute I get outside, I'm in a better mood. And it mm-hmm. just took me like a, a few minutes to convince myself to put my shoes on and to get outside. Mm-hmm. And instantly... It, it's, it's all better. Like I used to go on a walk every single day and I still, I try to most times, but when it's raining, I'm like, I'm not going to get myself drenched, but it, I think is my soul calming thing. I do every single day, like just for me, it's not for some, it's not to get steps in. It's not to get some sort of physical benefit. It's just for me and my mental health. And I just go out and I enjoy myself and I walk my dog and we're peaceful and we're happy and we listen to a podcast or we listen to the new Taylor Swift album and we just, we just do it. So good. Yeah. It is and, so fun. Oh, <laughs> I was Red like, TV. you can't even get me started. Like, <laughs> <laughs> you're like, did you just mention Taylor? <laughs> like all too well. Um, but yeah, well, you know, the, I think I talked to Jen Lauren about this on her podcast or something, but Love Jen. you know, I know. You know those videos, um, like when you're in science class and then you see the earth and you just like it gets smaller and smaller because you see more of the universe. And, like, yeah, it, it gets small. I'm like, that feels like your brain when you go outside, like you get such a big perspective on your situation because sometimes it's like I love that. I'm like this. I'm so anxious in my apartment, like with yes stuff that's actually not important, but I have made yes. it in my head as like a world ending situation. But you go outside and there's like people with their kids and people going to work and cars right. driving and dogs like life exists 100 <laughs> like, or just like um, the yeah. sun you're looking at the clouds yeah you say i was worried about not uploading a youtube video on time or yeah. I-, I was worried about like this one little small assignment i didn't get <laughs> mm-hmm. emailed in or, or like literally it doesn't matter <laughs> it, it doesn't, doesn't matter we're just particles. We're just totally. floating. It doesn't matter. <laughs> no. And that's why getting outside is so good because like, honestly, that's, I feel like why during the pandemic, so much, so many of us have like horrible anxiety because you have no perspective. You're in your four walls of like, yeah. you know, just these situations that have built, become so big because your world is so small. And Are I you think- allowed to do walks or anything? Okay. Could you go yeah. outside? In Toronto, we could. Like you could like always go for like a walk if it was like necessary to your mental health, but I, oh but my God, that's cute. Yeah. Were you guys all allowed to do walks? No, no, we were, we oh, were. Yeah. I mean, I, I think there was like a point where you, you almost like had to have a purpose and probably like some similar lines. Yeah. And people would say like, oh, you would get arrested, but nobody was arresting oh. anybody. Oh my God. But, um, yeah, I knew like in certain places, like you couldn't go outside unless you had like a piece of paper, like. I am on my way to the train station or something like that. Like in oh. Paris, I think. I don't know. Oh my God. Well, I know in Montreal, um, they had like a curfew. So at 8 p.m. you couldn't leave your house. Oh my gosh. I know. What would they, they do? Didn't... I don't I think there's police in the street. Huh. I know, but it wasn't like that in Toronto. Oh my God. I don't think it was. I'm like, I wasn't aware of that. So <laughs> I don't think so. Not like I go anywhere past eight, but if you could just give like one tip like your biggest tip for someone listening who's like I don't even know where to get started I want to get into like a healthy lifestyle or a fitness journey like where do I even like begin 
I say one small change because we want to do like 180 fixes on our lives, but it's very overwhelming. And sometimes it can lead to burnout if we just do like everything at once. So find something that you can stick to something that you're motivated by the best type of routine is the one that you can stick to. So don't try and do a spin class if you absolutely hate them, but your best friend loves them. Good for your best friend, but do something that you like and just start with like one little small change. Maybe it's adding another vegetable into every plate that you have for the next week or two. Maybe it's your daily outdoor walk or drinking a bit more water. Just stick to like one or two things at once. And then from there, like slowly add on and have as much as possible a lifestyle mindset. Like you're doing this because it feels good for you. It's good for your body and it's good for your soul, not for some end result. Yeah. I love that. Perfect. Thanks. <laughs> oh, well, thanks for coming on the podcast. This was so fun. Um, okay. Link all your, like a link in the show notes, but tell us where everyone can follow you, find you all the things, all the things. My name is Taylor Woods. That is all of my things on YouTube, Taylor Woods, Instagram, and TikTok, Taylor Woods with the two L's and my podcast. Don't get it twisted available on all platforms and stream videos on YouTube. <laughs> I love it. Thank okay. You. Well, you have to come back for a part two next year because, Heck yes. oh my God, this was just too fun. <laughs> Thank you. Bloomies. Bloomies merch coming one day. Bloomies unite. <laughs> oh my God. Okay. Well, we'll see you guys in the next episode. Bye. Bye bloomers. <laughs>